Greetings and welcome. HFS Research and GenPAC collaborated recently on studying the efficacy of care management solutions and the commercial viability of social determinants of health with CXOs at 100 US health plans and 200 self-insured employers. We have some fascinating insights to share. And to help me do that, I have with me Alex Kleinman, who leads GenPAC's healthcare segment, and Scott Allister, GenPAC's data tech and AI leader. Welcome, gents. Great to be with you, Ryan. Thanks, Alex. Um, let's start with insights with health plans, care management. Care management, in my view, is the yin to social determinants of health's yang. Where social determinants of health can help prevent disease, care management optimizes the types of care. In the context of the state of healthcare in the US, across the triple aim of care, uh, which is to reduce the cost of care, improve health outcomes, and enhance the experience of care, we have now about six in 10 Americans who have at least one chronic condition, like heart disease or diabetes, according to CDC. Our life expectancy has declined 2.7 years over the last three years, setting us back to 1996 in terms of life expectancy. While the cost of care is escalating at two to three X of nominal inflation. So it is important to manage disease conditions a lot better than we have. Um, care management is a critical tool in that fight. And in our study, we found that close to a plurality of health plans have chronic care and specialty pharmacy benefits included for their membership. I think it is powerful. It's a powerful effort at attempting to manage chronic conditions a whole lot better. So Alex, what specific learnings from this study with respect to care management can you incorporate into your offerings to health plans? Yeah, thanks so much for the question, Rohan. Um, very, very exciting research uh, that came out of this study. And it's really clear from it that, you know, payers very much understand the importance of and are investing in care management and, and perhaps in some sense are in the migration from sort of more passive transaction processors, utilization managers, risk managers, to being more active service providers to their patients. And, you know, care management is a huge part of that. I think, you know, our offering strategy is to try to equip them with some of the end-to-end -end capability set they need. And I think we're really focusing on three areas. Uh, firstly, from a, from a data and analytics perspective, uh, we are investing in a payer insight platform that features a number of analytics accelerators focused on care management. Um, and, and that offering set includes the underlying data architecture, engineering, data curation, uh, the ability to do member segmentation and stratification to understand where uh, you know, care management in, uh, investments need to be made. Uh, behavioral analytics to determine which uh, of a subset of members are uh, likely to respond well to an intervention, and and in even analytics that help you uh, kind of fine tune uh, where, how, when uh, uh, to intervene to improve uh, patient adherence to therapy, change patient behaviors, etc. And then you know, secondly, uh, really we're focusing on experience and behavioral design of member journeys to ensure adoption and completion. Um, a lot of this is leveraging the capabilities of one of our recent acquisitions at Jumpack Rightpoint. Um, and then finally, and probably you know, longest term, uh, really development of care management managed services to support uh, uh, our payer clients and of course the clinicians within their provider networks. Fascinating. Scott, health plans have indicated that the complexity of care management tools the costs associated with those tools and access to data are some of the key challenges to optimizing their care management solutions. 
as the Genpact Healthcare's data tech and AI leader, what are your thoughts on how health plans should solve for these challenges? What can you do to help them? Thanks, Rohan. Uh, it's a great question, and it is certainly some of the challenges we see. I think health plans need to stay disciplined in their care management strategy and ensure that member and provider experience is strong. It's pretty easy to get distracted with all the different care management tools and capabilities that are you know, consistently being present in the marketplace. Um, it's also pretty difficult um, and becoming more difficult to make decisions on where you make trade-offs in terms of feature enhancements, version control and upgrades, continued investment in existing technology solutions versus going into potentially purchasing new applications and solutions. So what we're doing to help our health plan clients with this particular problem um, is focusing on specific areas around authorization and appeals processing. We're helping health plans um, optimize some of their technology platforms by designing um, and helping them implement specific workflow improvements across authorization, submission, and routing, across provider appeals, even across survey design and data capture across multiple care settings, be it home health, SNF, rehab, acute inpatient. And we think that by combining some of that technology expertise um, in those platforms, the industry knowledge that we have and the process knowledge around how to improve those workflows is actually where we find a, a way to help our health plan clients, you know, sort of acclimate to some of this care management platform modernization. So that's where we see ourselves being able to help our health plan clients. Excellent. I, I love both uh, the approach you and, and Alex are taking, making it real for health plans because these kind of studies can become very academic very soon. Um, Let's explore our insights with, um, with health plans' views about social determinants of health. 80% of health plans' respondents indicated that they possessed a good to thorough understanding of social determinants of health, very encouraging, which to me suggests that they appreciate the framework, the potential solutions, and the possible outcomes. So it was not much of a surprise that about 60% of health plans were willing to invest up to $500, $500 per member annually over the next two to three years. The size of the spend and the urgency tells me um, that, they are, that they are serious about wanting to leverage social determinants of health. It also helps us quantify the level of interest and opportunities that health plans are likely going to augment their current solutions with. So with that in mind, Alex, social determinants of, of health has typically been in the garment space. Uh, this study clearly shows that there is a commercial viability for social determinant of health solutions. How does this inform GenPAC's approach to helping its health plan clients address challenges in the, con in the, contest, in, in the context of deteriorating outcomes across the triple aim? Yeah, thank you, Rohan. Uh, again, I was super excited by the engagement level, the interest, the investment that we're seeing from payers around social determinants of health as evidenced through uh, the research work uh, that's been done here. Um, we are betting into this trend in a few ways. I think, you know, again, a near-term approach is really focused on um, helping clients understand the impact of social determinants of health factors, you know, on disease incidents, morbidity, mortality, the associated health economic burden within their patient population, but not just at that overall member population level, but really stratifying the risk, understanding segmentation analysis, which is kind of a prerequisite for any intervention that you're going to make. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 
interestingly, some of the capabilities to work here uh, uh, arise from some of the work we did supporting our clients during COVID, where we needed to pull together pretty robust uh, epidemiological models and the ability to geolocate um, disease activity to enable decision-making around resource investment from a payer or even facility uh, startup, start down uh, types of analyses uh, for those clients. And now we can leverage that, that base debt and layer on top of it things like the proximity of health enablers like fresh food, exercise, green space, or financial health data, employment, benefits, transportation, et cetera. And use those all to to develop again pretty robust stratification and and segmentation models that our clients can use to kind of uh, aim their interventions better. Um, you know, I'd say that's kind of the near term approach we're taking. I think in the long term there are a lot of very exciting and more innovative approaches, which I would say uh, are kind of a little more early stage for us. And I think the most intriguing idea. Uh, is a partner ecosystem that provides payers with more turnkey approaches uh, you know, to a network of technology, service partners, information partners, community organizations that you would need to intervene effectively in a coordinated fashion to really modify the social determinants for your members from an education perspective, from a decision support perspective, and from a servicing uh, and care management perspective. So uh, that's something that I think is a, an idea we're a little bit workshopping um, uh, to see what we can do with it in the future. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Scott, you know, 50 to 60% of the health plans in the study indicated that they provide up to 17 different uh, uh, member benefits, such as employee assistance programs, gym membership, nutrition, education, and more. Now, most of these employee benefits or member benefits are social determinants of health solutions. Um, but health plans are not quite using them in that fashion. Given your deep expertise in data and analytics and so on, how do you think health plans can utilize the understand the underlying statistics from member utilization of the benefits and to be able to achieve better health outcomes, for instance? Yeah, I th actually think this is a pretty uh, exciting area. The most direct way I would answer your question and some of the things we've actually been seen doing is around propensity modeling hmm. um, as an area to help. So um, what, what we are starting to see is this um, ability to take, you know, traditional utilization information. So take, you know, sort of claims, you know, number of procedures, et cetera, et cetera, and combine it with what we would describe as a bit of a digital engagement proxy score. So think of that as being a way to look at assessment data, SMS data, web and app data, email signup information, but it essentially, you know, sort of measures the level of interaction that members actually have with their health plans which helps target interventions to those that are most likely to engage with a particular service. So we've seen this as we look at, you know, sort of what people are likely to convert or not convert to, let's just say mail order drugs versus, um, you know, sort of going into a retail pharmacy, especially if those members happen to have pretty complex um, pharmaceutical needs and transactions that take mm -hmm. place. So if you think about um, using that sort of engagement score combined with some of your traditional utilization data and metrics, we think it's a pretty powerful way to actually do more targeted interventions to actually improve healthcare outcomes. And I think as we see, um, you know, these different social determinants of health solutions, or even if we get into the more, you know, sort of prevalent and, you know, sort of headlines around STARS performance for 2023, um, you know, the way that you engage with your membership base to close those gaps in care 
it's less about identifying who are the individuals that are needing to close gaps in care or needing to leverage those uh, social determinant of health solutions. And it's more about finding the right population that is the most likely to engage in the solutions that you have and focusing your energy on that population. And the propensity modeling is one of the ways that we've done that um, in the market. And we see that being a, a way to sort of have a more proliferated um, impact on social determinants of health, improving health outcomes. Indeed. Thanks for bringing that to life. Uh, and Scott, I, I think engage is, is probably the, the, the right approach there. Um, so let me shift uh, shift gears a little bit and look at the other aspect of our study, which is uh, a focus on self-insured employers. Um, we know self-insured employers are particularly motivated to keeping their employees safe and healthy. Um, their appreciation of human capital has increased significantly driven by the lessons of the pandemic and the perpetual increase in healthcare costs year over year. Uh, they are beginning to invest in exploring different options and models to address the health, both physical and mental, of, uh, mental health of their employees. Uh, the great resignation has cast a bright light on the evolving expectations of their employees. Our study found um, that 55% of employers were willing to spend up to $500 annually per employee on social determinant of health solutions. A quarter claimed that they already have these solutions in place, and another 60% indicated that they will implement them over the next two to three years. However, while, while on the social determinants of health, it's extremely encouraging in terms of the amount of investment and the urgency, on the care management side, um, I, we found that their understanding of care management and execution was a little inconsistent and needed help. As an example, they rank improving health outcomes very high and medication adherence or closing care gaps very low, which are at, at, at odds when they need to be on kind of a similar level of importance. So Alex, what role do you see GenPAC playing in helping self-insured employers with social determinant of health solutions and care management solutions? Yeah, so uh, Rohan, I actually thought some of this data was, these data was perhaps the most um, intriguing uh, element of the study for me. Um, the the excitement and the interest, the willingness to invest that you just mentioned, you know, which makes sense because, you know, beyond uh, the, the factors, the health economic factors, the clinical outcomes, the stars ranking that might motivate a payer, um, employers have things like attrition, uh, you know, productivity at work, absenteeism, and so on to consider as additional value elements that they can drive. Um, but also to your point, the sort of variability of their engagement across some levers that that those of us who are kind of students of the space would say are are things that need to go together was very, very interesting. And, you know, for us, this poses an interesting challenge because historically our healthcare business at Genpact here has been really focused on kind of the payer provider uh, and perhaps distribution, retail, health technology segments. And we've not really been engaged in offering some of our capabilities and solutions to the employer population. But of course, Genpac does business with uh, large employers across a variety of segments, and, and it represents a really interesting entry point and a growth opportunity for us. Um, you know, I've talked quite a bit about the work that we're doing in the area of analytics for payers and providers. Uh, and certainly, um, some of the things I talked about earlier in our discussion could be leveraged to give more information to a 
uh, a employer benefits uh, uh, manager or uh, even uh, to aid decision support by patients uh, or, or employees, et cetera. Um, but beyond that, you know, we are uh, actively working at the moment with a number of providers who are developing specialized uh, sorts of care management offerings within specific disease areas, whether it's oncology, behavioral health, other chronic diseases. And the work that we're doing is really focused on, uh, you know, data and analytics infrastructure, process industrialization, enabling them to scale their model more effectively. And what I find fascinating is the ability to repackage the work that I talked about that we're doing or some combination of the work of these specialized kind of health tech or disruptive clients and taking that package to other GenPAC clients in other industries outside of healthcare with the target being their kind of HR benefits organization um, and ultimately, uh, as I say, providing information, decision support and perhaps um, care management uh, uh, support for the employee uh, base of those uh, those uh, clients. So we've really just started discussions about this uh, area and really it's again responding to some of the ideas that came out of the study, but very exciting and something that we're going to pursue forward uh, in the next uh, months to come. Yeah, indeed. I mean, a fascinating opportunity to leverage a vertical ca capability and expertise you have into a, some sort of an horizontal capability and expertise at some point in time. Yep, looking forward right. to that. Let me ask you one last question, Scott. Um, Self-insured employers clearly struggle with optimizing their care management solutions for a variety of reasons, including you know, data management, complexity of the solutions, multiple vendors, and, and so on. What are your thoughts on how you would advise and help them? Uh, you know, look, the first place to start is to really get a very targeted understanding on the drivers of cost and the drivers of employee utilization of specific care services. Um, having an understanding and a, you know, a better understanding, I should say, of where employees are consuming um, healthcare services is also ultimately going to help sort of understand what sort of care management interventions uh, need to be deployed. I think that as we've seen the trend of self-insured employers become much, much more prolific in the marketplace compared to fully insured, um, the opportunities to take advantage of looking at direct-to-provider contracting, um, looking at um, ways to contract with um, sort of pharmacy services, as we've seen, you know, sort of take place recently, and the ability to really look at um, both a combination of cost control and quality control that traditionally has been a function of health services or health plan organizations is really more of a shift in the mindset and the um, sort of engagement of the benefit administrators that historically... I think primarily have been looking at how do we, you know, think about benefit plan design and benefit plan selection and offering to our employees. So I think it's more about this shift in being able to operate more in a traditional health plan sense from a health services standpoint. But the first step in that is to really understand where those drivers of cost and utilization are coming from. And that takes a fundamental sort of ongoing operational rigor that I think currently um, could be, you know, sort of improved with some additional assistance. So I think that's sort of the first step and the most primary step that needs to take place, because then I think uh, there's more and more opportunities to help out the employees. I think you're going to see employee satisfaction improve. I think you're going to see plan design improve. I think you're going to see um, preferences approve. And, and so I think there's a lot to be had there. But 
first step is is making sure that it's it's part of the the muscle of the the benefit administrators. Indeed, indeed, wonderful. Scott, thanks for the answer. Alex, appreciate your insights as well. Gentlemen, this has been wonderful having this conversation with you and sharing with the rest of the world in terms of what we've learned uh, from this fascinating, unique study, I, I, I will say. So thanks again for your time and we hope to talk to you soon.